0: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Brian Scanlon. Brian is the owner of Posted Social and is a career entrepreneur who has been actively starting businesses since his junior year of of college. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Roman. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today?
1: Yeah. No. Awesome. So I, um, I actually started my first business kind of by accident in college. Um, my, I went to Babson college outside of Boston and my junior year, my aunt who had kind of a boutique PR firm in New York city said, Hey, one of my clients, this was 2008. She said, one of my clients, you know, wants to be on Facebook and post on Facebook. She was 56 at the time. And she's like, I don't even have one of these things if i give you a couple bucks a month will you post on their behalf i'm like yeah that's awesome so she gave me 500 bucks and i thought i was the richest guy on campus and you know it was it was a great thing and then we did a good job with that or i did a good job with that and that turned into hey we have another one for you hey we have another one for you and ultimately that became a business that we grew and sold in 2014 um, so all the while you know just kind of bringing on new clients learning the social media space what our focus was there was Kind of the organic approach, um, you know, managing an audience, kind of customer relationships, um, getting the word out about the brand, and then we kind of transitioned into the advertising piece right around 2011, and that's what really gave us value in in ultimately selling the book of business to uh, kind of a strategic partner who was rolling up some of these small agencies. And after that, I kind of took some time. I went back and and got my MBA. um, Used the you know the money from that sale to kind of fund a life for a while. Um, I coached college baseball during the time that was fun. That was a blast. Got to coach down in the Cape Cod League and some big leaguers down there: Jeff Aaron Judge, Kyle Schwarber, Shamanea, guys like that. So that was a neat little, neat little time. And during my kind of time off from an agency, I entered the mergers and acquisition world um, and kind of worked with small businesses, helping them develop an exit strategy, sell their company, acquire another company, or just find a, a partner for a capital injection. And then I had a non-compete that was up a year later, and we popped up Posted Social um, with the goal being to cater to that kind of entrepreneur, small team, solopreneur, or that business that, hey, we've been in business for 10 years, we've exhausted our network, we need to get to the next level with sales and leads. And our core function now with Posted Social is paid advertising and lead generation. We kind of exited that organic world, um, and leave that to the business, to the entrepreneur, and we take the the paid media side and deploy that. And that's what we've been doing. Um, luckily, we've been blessed through this whole COVID thing to get some new clients, and and we've done you know better month over month through this than we had in, in the previous three or four years. Um, I think a lot of people are seeing the need for you know digital advertising, and we even have people that. We're traditionally retail plays that said, hey, our stores closed. We got to go to consumers, you know, via delivery over the Internet. How do we do this? Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, you know, the three minute overview of, of where we are now.
0: Yeah, it's kind of creating something out of a need. So with social, when it first came out, Facebook, it was only—I remember—I think I, I joined like 2005 when it was only you needed a college uh, email address to join, and it was solely organic. And if you've seen every platform to follow, it's similar method: grow organically, organic reach is natural, not capped. And then they start monetizing in terms of ads and then pushing you to ads by having organic reach cap. So it's kind of utilizing or maximizing what you can do there. And obviously, there's still a need in terms of social media management and organic strategy. But then what can you really do in terms of a paid perspective? And in terms of kind of B2B, I've seen a lot of uh, headway in terms of LinkedIn lead gen, in terms of that model as well and and value out of that. So I think... There is a need. And like you said, I've seen a lot of businesses and companies moving their traditional budgets online based on, obviously, behaviors and people isolated and things of that nature. And like you said, also some businesses that were brick and mortar traditionally that had to adapt and move to an online model as well.
1: Yeah, we we had just an example of that we had a, a friend of ours who he used to deliver all the steaks to the major steakhouses in New York, galliers Mortons, Ruth Chris, all of them. And he did like seven million dollars in, in 2019. As 2020 hit, he called and he's like, Brian, I did 70 grand last month. Like I gotta figure something out. So we tried to flip it on its head and do a whole like butcher box subscription meat model direct to consumer. And we're just getting started with it and it's working. Um, but it's you know, it's a complete 360 of what he's doing and that that pivoting you know, has been something we've had to do and I've had to do through my career as well, just with the nature of how quickly the social media space has evolved since 2008. You know, it used to be our currency was likes and followers and engagement and comments. And that's what we were reporting to our customers with and our clients. And then it turned into our currency is hard dollars. You know, for every dollar we spend on ads, how much do we make on the back end? And, and that's, you know, that transition has been rapid and just ever evolving.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think people uh, overcomplicate marketing also. So it's having your message, whatever your core value is, and then bundling that into consumable content for whatever you know the delivery mechanism is. So if that's audio, if that's email, um, if that's video, if that's on a specific social platform, obviously from social platform to social platform, the audiences may differ a little bit, as well as the way you structure your creative and the message itself. So, I mean, it's it's what you're presenting and how you're delivering it at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, we we have a client who they just did about a hundred thousand on Facebook from uh, Black Friday to December sixth, and I don't know when this is going to go out, but you know, right around the holiday season, and they did a hundred thousand during that that time. And our best performing asset is a seven-second cell phone video that the owner took four years ago. And, you know, we've spent money on getting new assets for him and, and production companies and all this stuff. And the best converting thing is something he got for absolutely free. It's him and his wife filming a video. And, you know, you, you never know what's going to work, but you have to test all those things in order to figure it out, really.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and platforms as well that you may have not thought could work for you in terms of promotion or business. Like things like TikTok. So people kind of knock TikTok for being a younger demographic. It's only kind of sing and dance videos, but there's a lot of content creators that can be utilized, especially businesses, um, artists, different kind of things in terms of e-commerce and things of that nature. And I started playing around with it and just putting content out in terms of like my personal life. So I'm a foster parent with my wife. So we fostered 22 kids in the last like two and a half years. So a lot of that's like informational uh, content in terms of my experiences, the cases, advocating to change the system. And like you said, a video that took me, well, 60 seconds to create and then probably like another minute or two to edit got like two hundred and fifty thousand views and like ten thousand likes and kind of went somewhat viral, obviously like to a certain extent, but it's one of those things where it was like max effort, five minutes, and it can result in, you know, exponential gain, but you never know if you don't try it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's one I think the one question we always get or the one, you know, comment we always get from clients when we say, hey, we don't do the organic stuff. Like that's for you is well, we don't know what to post. And it's like you, you, your one website page can probably be three months worth of posts. If you just pick and, you know, steal things from yourself and take two minutes a day to come up with something to write. It doesn't have to be package Steven Spielberg production quality stuff. If you just got to put out content and you know that like, like what you did there, 250,000 views, that's a ton of eyeballs, man. That's a ton of eyeballs for something that cost you 60 seconds of your life, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously those motivations may have changed over time, but what currently motivates you to succeed?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny when you say it changed over time. Like one of the things that has recently motivated me is the there's so many of these gurus out there in the marketing world, you know, and it's hey, we can take my class for 2500 bucks and you can learn how to get clients and outsource everything and white label this and it's like we, I've been doing this behind the keyboard with customers since 2008. You can't just jump into this, you know. Even if you have a bankroll, you think you can, you know, pay your way in. You you can't. The social media world evolves too fast. We've been doing this since before Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram was even around, you know. So we saw it, and we go through that, and the 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 cloudy and muddy waters that are out there now. You know, we used to get people that never advertised before, and they came to us through referrals. Now we get people who say, "Hey, I'm on my fourth agency, right?" Because everybody's promising them the world and not delivering anything. And I think there's a lot of that out there, and it motivates us to say, "Hey, we, you know, we work with a client, and they stick around for 13 months on average." You know, like that's a that's a great stat for us. Um, we want those type of people. But in general, I just think I'm a pretty competitive dude, and you know, the one thing that's motivated me is I've never been. Able to go the corporate route. I've always worked for myself. I'm um, always kind of, you know, if I don't do something, we don't eat, you know, and that motivation has been enough to kick me in the ass when I need it and, and make sure we, we go out and sell some, you know, sell some things and close some deals. And I just think that whole, you know, structure of the corporate world is so, I'm so against not against it, but it's just not for me. I just don't want to answer to anybody and all that. Like I'd rather bet on myself and that competitive drive has really been the main motivation and then you know providing for for what used to be me and my wife and as of 2 weeks ago we have two twin girls so now we got a, a little more motivation you know
0: nice yeah i i personally hate the word guru or anything else where it like puts it in like a religious spiritual like there's digital profit and all this other stuff oftentimes i wouldn't say 100% of the time but if somebody's calling themselves a guru Usually I see like I have more experience and I have went through a lot of more real world scenarios in terms of implementations and different strategic things than that person. It's funny, I got into digital marketing in 2008 also. I graduated in 2008. I was supposed to go into criminal justice. I interned with the Secret Service and then the recession hit. So I got an opportunity, uh, learned SEO, pivoted into that and kind of ran with it out of necessity and was on the agency side and then started an agency. But like like you said, I, I try to be a proponent and an advocate for people that like oftentimes first, second, third go-around in terms of what they've had for digital marketing, they get screwed over. So a lot of snake oil salesmen, a lot of promises without results, it's not results driven. So I try to go above and beyond, like if someone can't work with me, I at least try to set them on the right path and Possibly they send me a, a proposal that they got from somebody else, and I'll nitpick it or pick it apart. This is what the actual value you're getting, because I feel a lot of people are getting screwed over, and it's sad that in the climate we're living in, in terms of people, some marketing budget shrinkings, this is kind of their only lifeline left, and people are still getting screwed over. So I try to kind of be an advocate for that as well.
1: Absolutely, and and that we we need more of that. You know, I, I think a lot of things people come to us that when we put our proposal together, they're like, well, why aren't we spending more? It's like, well, we don't know what your conversion cost is. So how am I going to ask you to commit to a $40,000 a month spend when we don't know how much it's going to take to convert one of your customers? Because once we figure that out, then let's shake hands and agree, we're going to scale the crap out of this thing because we know what our profit is. But if somebody comes to you and says, I need you to spend X amount, and it seems like a lot, it's probably too much. You know, you got to figure things out first and learn. and there needs to be more for you know, or just educating the business owners because this isn't something business owners are supposed to be versed in. And because they're not, it's a vulnerable process, you know, handing over your marketing and you can be easily taken advantage of. And, you know, I, I ha- have another business where we help advise families through the high school recruiting process, right? Because I co- played and coached college baseball. And that's another vulnerable process where You know, they tell you, hey, man, you know, your son's going to be the next big thing. And it's like, well, wait a minute. No, he's not. You know, we got to figure out the right thing for your kid here. And anytime there's that vulnerable decision, you're going to get those snake oil salesmen.
0: Yeah, I agree. And like you said, a lot of the time the decision makers or the people signing that contract don't know the specifics or particulars. Um, And working on the agency side as well in senior roles and working on accounts like in pharma and life sciences Their budgets are like astronomical, and they're traditionally like accustomed to paying that. So, if you come in with a lower proposal in terms of like the RFP process where you're bidding against other agencies, they're going to disqualify you just based on that and the fact that their budgets don't roll over. So, they don't necessarily care, which is sad. So, sometimes in terms of like my strategic time, that agency was making $40,000 for eight hours of my time a month. So it's like I spent, what, like 90 hours of a year on that account in terms of, you know, consulting and managing my team in terms of like overseeing the campaign. And they were paying, you know, in excess of like $500,000. So like prices are crazy. And if you don't know what you're looking at, like anything can look you know like a good deal.
1: Right, right. But, you know, then on the flip side, we run into those other the other end of the spectrum where. It's like, hey, we can't do this for a hundred dollars a month. You know, like you have to spend some money here. There's there's labor, there's costs, there's budget to spend in advertising. And if somebody's telling you they can do ninety nine dollars social media ads for you, you, you might as well just burn the money. You know, yeah. throw it right in the fireplace because you're not going to get anything out of it.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, what's one thing that you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today?
1: Yeah, patience, for sure. Um, I think, you know, anybody that's going to start their own business or, or, you know, go into business for themselves, somehow, you have to have a certain level of impatience, you know, you have to know when to act. And if you sit back and you analyze and overanalyze and tinker and tweak, you might let things, you know, you might miss the opportunity. But at the same time, I felt as if I wasn't, I wasn't patient enough with clients with you know interactions and kind of dismissing things and just trying to move on to the next thing and this continuous growth and you know what we've seen this year is a lot of those relationships that we kind of farmed you know over the years are coming through now because people realize we're you know we're not steak oil salesmen we're we're pretty straight shooters and you know if we can do something with you we can and we can help you and if not i'm going to tell you hey it's probably not the best for us and having that patience to kind of let things play out and develop and not that sense of immediacy, you know, has, has kind of really helped me. And it kind of clicked when my, my now business partner said, you know, he's like, Hey man, I'm, I'm scared of you. If you can develop some patience, you know, like you're going to be dangerous if you can develop some patience. And when he said that, I was kind of like, Oh, like that was a little bit of a challenge, you know? Um, And by no means am I freaking Steve jobs by any chance, you know, but like that helped me as a, as a business owner so much to just become aware of, maybe I need to take a breath here and let this thing play out and not dismiss it, you know, kind of, kind of let, let the chips fall a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree. And in terms of kind of that patience and perseverance, if you look at it from the business side, I think a lot of businesses don't innovate and don't kind of outlast like, you you know, a major part of success is just outlasting your competitors and just not quitting in the direction. Obviously there may be hurdles or technological advancements that you either go a whole different route or pivot and, and adjust to what the market's giving you. But if you look at like the Fortune 500 list, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, a lot of those companies don't exist because they didn't either have the patience to do so or they didn't adapt in terms of like really understanding what the market looked like and what their competitors were doing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what we've seen too over the last couple months is, some of those companies you thought were built to last really weren't, you know, and, and I think that that caused us to take a step back and say, you know, financially, are we doing the right thing? You know, and, and it actually allowed us to kind of not scale down, but analyze some of the areas where we could save a few bucks. And what we did was we took that money we were spending and just saved it. We didn't redeploy it. You know, we're saying, hey, for the next year, we're going to take what we cut and we're just going to put it away. Because in 12 months from now, we're going to be able to do something pretty cool with that. Or if, you know, shit hits the fan here and then doesn't get back to normal, we're okay for another year, you know? Um, So that that was an adaptation we kind of made. And I think that's going to pay off too.
0: Yeah, I agree. And in terms of kind of like marketing strategies, what I've tried to focus or kind of instill is future-proofing who you are as a brand. So you can just pivot that message or those core values and then package it. If technology changes, if you basically have to go online where the attention is. So where your target demographic, where they spend most of their time and where you can convert them the best. And those platforms and those kind of uh, places where they spend their time may change over time. So like that packaging of that core message may change the assets may change, but if you have a solid kind of content strategy and really define clearly who you are and what you do, I think that will get you, you know, through the next year and beyond.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's important to know what you are and what you aren't, you know, and you can't be all things to all people.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you or anything else you may have going on? Sure. So, um,
1: we actually, uh, we're rolling out a new company with my best friend from high school. We've been doing business together for years and we finally said, Hey, you know, we're, we're coming together on something and he owns a direct mail business and we do, you know, email marketing for our clients. And we're forming a new entity, um, called all things mail, where we're going to do kind of white glove direct mail, where you can send postcards to people's mailbox or mailings. And Email marketing to your customers, where we get you the lists and everything. So, kind of a, a one-stop shop for small businesses that I don't have the time to sit down and do this email myself. I think I can get some value out of direct mail because now, especially with everybody being home, the lift from direct mail has been exponential. Um, and we're we're rolling that out probably in February. So that's just something new we're looking to do, um, which I'm I'm really excited about because we're we're doing it with some good people too, and I think we can help those small businesses. It's a really great price point, um, but for now. Brian at PostedSocial.com, um, B R I A N at PostedSocial.com. If you go to our website and fill out a form, you're going to get in touch with me. Um, I'm pretty visible on LinkedIn. Um, but otherwise, I kind of I kind of can't stand social media for from a personal aspect. So LinkedIn's my, my go-to. Um, but Brian at postedsocial.com, if you email me, I'll get back to everybody, you know, as as quick as possible for sure.
0: Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by.
1: Thanks so much, Roman. I appreciate it.